0: Welcome to The Breakdown. This is your host, Yasser Luati, coming to you straight from the Paris Southside, Side, Bollier. Thanks again for joining us on this new episode dedicated this time to the U.S. We are I receive a friend, comrade and political analyst that I highly respect, Tory Russell from St. Louis. Tory Russell is the head of the International Black, Federation, Black Freedom Alliance co-founder of the uh, Black Lives Matter movement out of Ferguson and then founder of the movement for Black Lives. He's joining us to comment on the recent developments in U.S. politics, but also how the grassroots is evolving in the aftermath of the uh, massive marches following the racist death of uh, George Floyd. Tory Russell, welcome to you.
1: Thanks for having
0: uh, Tori, in my introduction, I spoke of you being a founder or founding member of Black Lives Matter in uh, Ferguson and then on as the founder or co-founder of Movement for Black Lives. Are these two things separate? Could you please inform the audience, you know, what you did as a co-founder of Black Lives Matter in Ferguson and what, why you felt the need to set up a new collective or new organization?
1: Well, you know, for me, um, it's kind of like, uh, do I really want to wear the jersey of <laughs> some I really don't agree with no more? You know, um, I, I guess it's like uh, Lou Alcindor, uh, you know, when he became Kareem Jewish jabbar He probably don't want to wear the Lou Alcindor UCLA uh, jersey no more. But um, in the beginning, it was just Ferguson. It was no catchy name for a movement. Um, Black Lives Matter people and other organizers came to Ferguson um, because you know we had a strategy that was and a tactic that was working. Um, from there, we started meeting and we 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 decided that we needed a movement. And um, you know, at the time, nobody really thought that naming the movement after an organization or a catchphrase uh, would be a problem. Um, it soon morphed into a problem, and then we created um, what we call the Movement for Black Lives. And so I, I played a role in, you know, of course, direct action because um, of, you know, my history in Ferguson, but also policy and strategy. So we created the policy agenda. Um, you know, I think that was really dope. But the thing um, that we always have to understand is that um, demands and, and long manifestos, and I believe on the left, we, uh, we enjoy a nice manifesto in the declaration. um, But what good is that manifesto if it doesn't reach the masses of people? And so our problem or the movement problem was it wasn't getting to the grassroots. It wouldn't get to the activists, the protesters and the people in the community to support it. Um, And when I just, you know, couldn't take it no more, I left um, and looked for greener pastures. Um, I'm always been a Pan-Africanist. And I felt like Um, The movement was too centralized in the US and wasn't really talking about Algeria or the Congo or what's going on to Aboriginal brothers and sisters and what's going on in the barrios and in the favelas. And so we had to create something different. And so I and uh, probably a a good number of us left, but it didn't stop the movement from growing away from the grassroots. And so now uh, we're seeing a a rebuttal of that from even Black Lives Matter members across the country.
0: Yeah, but. Black Lives Matter in and of itself is still considered a movement, you know, with, you know, the various marches we have seen over the past summer that lasted multiple months, even, you know, being, you know, taken or like, you know, copied, you know, across Europe, for example, and the continental Europe and the United Kingdom. So, wouldn't you, you know, people would accuse you of dividing of the movement and, you know, for, you know, small differences, you know, launching a new one and maybe, you know, Taking the risk of, you know, reducing the effectiveness or the chances of success of the movement.
1: Um, you know, um, I, I think those questions are always uh, uh, really, really troubling because I, I think that they're trying to force things that don't always see eye to eye or should be together. And so, um, officially, Black Lives Matter has no more than sixteen chapters across the world, and so if this summer after George Floyd, Maude Auberry, Breonna Taylor, over 100 cities across the U.S., and I believe 30 across the world were organizing and protesting, um, but only 16 of those places are Black Lives Matter chapters, um, then that means the vast majority of those people that were organizing had nothing to do with Black Lives Matter as an organization and possibly as a movement. And so, when we see Black Lives Matter protests or the Black Lives Matter protest, we have to understand these two things is that one Black Lives Matter has a communications department who sends out press releases. Um, and so that is a big problem. Um, if, if I'm in Ferguson, we don't have a Black Lives Matter chapter Ferguson never have. And so we don't have a Black Lives Matter anything here, but they'll say Black Lives Matter protested here or a protest in LA or a protest in somewhere. And so one, the credit goes to Black Lives Matter and then the efforts to sustain local movements get sucked up by apparatus, you know, the movement, but it doesn't reach local chapters, branches and people that's in the streets. Uh, we saw because of the Black Lives Matter protests or the protest this summer, m- tens of millions of dollars was raised, um, initiatives were started. Um, it was painted on the NBA court um even players took a strike. And so what I'm saying is, I was in direct conversation with NBA players, went in in, in in NFL players. Um, and I'm not a part of Black Lives Matter, but everything that we did was attributed to it. All the money, all the resources, all the communications got divided. And so I'm asking people back, is so is the division because we want to be um self-determined and to say that we're more. Pan-Africanists and Black nationalists, um, that we see the, the, the connections between what's happening, um, you know, to a, a Mark Duggan in Tottenham is the same as Mike Brown. Um, do we want to have that kind of connectedness, or do we want to say we should just be quiet right now and allow the people at the top to dictate what the grassroots want to do for themselves?
0: So what you're saying right now is Black Lives Matter is you know composed of the grassroots. And that there is a tiny elite at the top giving the national narrative, and maybe the word is too harsh, but you will have to correct me. Potentially hijacking what the grassroots are doing, and at the same time taking credit for their efforts without taking the risks you, you the risks you guys are taking, you know, by facing police brutality
1: on a daily basis. So yeah, I mean, I- you could say hijack or co-opt. Um, you could say a divert. Um, whatever good, you know, shiny uh, adjective you want to use. But the people on the ground want something different from what the leadership in the movement is currently doing. So politically speaking, what are the
0: core differences between uh, Black Lives Matter and uh, the movement for Black Lives?
1: Um, Black Lives Matter and the movement for Black Lives are essentially the same thing. Uh, We have to have this understanding. And so uh, this uh, last month, a couple of weeks ago, so 10 uh, Black Lives Matter chapters came out and wrote a statement, um, you know, stating to the public and to the national leadership that they weren't involved in the day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, or either yearly organizing agenda. So uh, members saying that uh, we didn't know that a political pack, um to support the Democratic Party uh, was being created. Um, that most of them said we're not Democrats. You know, Like Malcolm said, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm not Democrat or Republican. I ain't even American and got sense enough to know it. And so when you have grassroots and people of the organization and quote unquote of the movement saying that uh, we don't wanna be Democrats, we don't wanna be Republicans, we want something self-determining for black people, something autonomous. Um, they have a 501c3, they changed it into a global foundation. Uh, No one knew that Uh, the monies that's being raised is not being put back into the local chapters, the people that's organizing the work. And so it becomes um, almost, it becomes to me not about tactics, about principles. And so it's the principle, when you say you act anti-capitalist, it doesn't mean that you're socialist or Marxist or Leninist or any of those things. It just tells me what you're against. And so that means that you can still exploit and absorb the money with a title saying anti-capitalist, but still doing capitalist things. So what we say, capitalist tendencies. And so it's it's it's, it's ideological, it's about, is it about socialism? Is it a global movement and actually intentionally global? Um, are we is this a movement for voting for the same failed institutions? Or are we trying to create something different where in which we're not trying to get white House meetings with Obama or Biden or Trump, what we want is reparations and sovereignty on um, the end to imperialism, like ending SARS and things of that nature. And I, we don't see that from the national leadership. Um, and so now there's a great rebuttal. And, and we believe it's a time to create something or evolve the movement better.
0: What role did the endorsement of the of the Joe Biden-Kamala uh, Harris ticket play in further dividing Black Lives Matter and the movement for Black Lives
1: Um, Vastly. Uh, you know, uh, you know, if, if a movement is saying defund, if the movement is saying defund the police, and you put uh the top cop prosecutor, uh, you know, Kamala Harris as a vice president and pick, uh, it's telling that that you're not listening to the grassroots. In spite of that, Black Lives Matter uh, went on to uh, push a movement for black lives. Um, we don't really know what the name is at this point, because you might say one, one name and we don't know who's behind it. And that's another problem. And so uh, it's divided between those on the left or progressives and those on the center. And so what we're seeing is that Black Lives Matter in the primary, in the Democratic primary, they couldn't come to a conclusion. And when I say they, the leadership, because the rank and file didn't have a vote. They voted, uh, they endorsed two candidates, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. And so it's no political courage there. And that divides the people, because the leadership should not only present a democratic process, but an educated one that leads to a certain agenda that matches with theirs. And they're not seeing that, I'm not seeing that. And Black Lives Matter won't publicly even speak about that.
0: Uh, Mentioning this kind of brings to me some of the, the, the publication I've seen on social media and uh, this endorsement of you know Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris, uh, some of them kind of were a bit painful. When you see, for example, you know Chuck D, you know congratulating uh, congratulating you know Kamala Harris. Uh, do you think there is a, a, a problem of going beyond the symbol there? That you know because Kamala Harris is the first non-white woman to be if the first woman, the first non-white woman to be nominated. That it's sufficient despite, you know, having experienced eight years of Obama and we saw what he did in terms of, you know, bailing out, you know, Wall Street, the drone war, uh, his Middle East policies, you know, he's remaining quiet against police brutality, et cetera. You know, do you think there is a big problem with, you know, how people are, you know, are stuck with symbols, even coming from people who, for your generation and, and mine, we are part of the same generation. Chuck D remains one of the influencers you know the hip hop. You know, you know, uh, we grew up with in the '90s. What's your
1: take on that, man? You know, um, I mean, to me, this this is gonna be a heavy uh, Malcolm, um Ballad of the Bullet um, message to the grassroots conversation between me and you. That um, we are reliving what 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 he spoke about. You know, 60 years ago. Um, you know, no other group of people have entertainers as leaders and spokespeople. For a movement um, that they don't raise vast amounts of money for. They don't push people to do particular things. You know, I love and respect uh, LeBron James and, and, and Chuck D and, and Common and, and other people. Uh, all of those people don't speak for me, and they definitely don't speak for the masses um, that are in the streets. And so, what we have uh, is they use the celebrityism um, for Black people. As spokespeople, and they really speak politically ignorant, I must say. Um, when they when they they're great antagonizers of the system, but they're not great presenters of solutions. And so, when you have a conversation congratulating um, someone who worked on Obama, who worked with Strong, Thurmond and Bull Connor, these traditional white supremacists. Um, um, you know, in the United States of America, uh, when you look at the history, especially for our brothers and sisters abroad in Paris and, and, and all over, when you see the images of Dr. King um, being beat up on Bloody Sunday, or the hoses um, being put on Black people and dogs being sicked on them, those are the people who Joe Biden worked with when he became a senator. He worked with those people to pass laws to stop people from even desegregating the schools and so So to congratulate that person is to usher in the same old forms of white supremacy.
0: When you see the level of criticism we are seeing against Joe Biden today and trying to apply pressure on him, is the scale comparable to the amount of efforts made to make sure that everybody falls in line and votes for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? Or you think that there was a massive effort to call for a, a, a uh, for a vote in favor of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and but the criticism once Biden won the election so far we we'll see uh that the criticism remains you know too little in comparison to what was done prior to that what's on your take on how do you see things
1: i think people saw it, to me i think this 2020 election became uh, a vote against trump you know they could have put a, 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 a scarecrow up there Um, If they would have became the nominee for the Democratic Party, they would have beat Trump um, probably by 5 million votes. And so what we're seeing is people were tired of Trump as a symbol, but weren't tired of white supremacy as the substance. They weren't tired of police brutality. And so all those white women who were marching in the streets, um, you know, trying to hug up on black men, um, went and did the same thing. They went to vote. Um, you know, for Trump, two percentage points higher. Uh, we're seeing that even black people are really afraid of the big bad wolf, which is American. So they don't want fascism. They want, you know, conservatism. They don't. Want, they don't want. Uh, uh you know, uh, they don't want the mean slave master. They want a nice slave master. They let them pray twice on Sundays, and so it might give them the rainy day off here and there. And so now we have to say. Is that what you want to stand for? Is this the moment where we go back to normal, and the normal is people being killed in the streets, um, people being beat, no justice, um, housing gentrification, colonialism, um, you know, foreign affairs where we support in Israel, not and in, in, in over Palestinians, um, where we support, uh, you know, uh, G20 summits with. Uh, other racists and and other uh, Islamophobes like, like Macron and and others. And so do we want our national and international normal to be hate, just hate light or diet hate? Um, Or do we want to actually see a new system and something new and something better? And so uh, there are many dissenters, Um, I think through the election was quiet, but now the Biden push is on. Moving on in this conversation,
0: Tori, uh, know, actually what, prompted me to, uh, to invite you back on the, uh, on this podcast. you published a, a visual titled Black Lies Matter and you ha- you also published two pieces on the IBFA website in which we are extremely critical in the way the current between quotation marks movement is operating and another piece in which you were extremely you know yeah extremely critical of Obama. I ask you this question, As uh, Barack Obama published a tweet like yesterday or two days ago about his uh, Christmas playlist, as 300,000 people have died from the COVID-19, people are starving, becoming homeless, uh, just got $600 in relief. As if Barack Obama is completely disconnected from the people who brought him to power, you know, back in 2008. the same way you no know, visible leaders are themselves disconnected from the broader grassroots they pretend to represent whether they're doing it on purpose or not why this publication black Lives
1: matter um because we can't present critiques of things without um creating and so you know one uh, as a person who's at the table who know these people who understand their politics uh, a lot deeper than even some of the rank and file members um i had to critique them in a principal way and so i wasn't going to attack them personally or around anything because we're not here for that you know i don't really i don't really care who you sleep with um you know uh, i prefer tandoori chicken you might prefer something else um those are not the critiques that i want i want principal critiques around um how are we sharing uh resources strategies tactics how are we uplifting local movements um, how are we building organic uh, leadership? Um, how are we an- analyzing the system and how are we creating pathways to freedom? And so not only was it a critique of Black Lives Matter um, as an organizing structure, but it was a creation saying and a call to action say that we need uh, another movement. We always knew that Black Lives Matter was the beginning of a sentence that had to end in Black liberation. Um, we just felt like now was the perfect time um, people are calling for it. People uh, have a desire for it in their hearts, and so we, as the people who were part of organizing the first movement, um, who went to their studies and, and and really had to look at Stokely and and, and Thomas Sankara and other uh, leaders, uh, we had to create a movement. And now we're welcoming people in. We're having a mass call on January third about it, actually. So,
0: and this critique you made on you know against Barack Obama is it today audible? Or not? I'm asking you this story because I remember when Cornel West criticized uh, Barack Obama, he was literally excommunicated. How dare you? Uh, people like Michael Eric Dyson went from calling him, you know, a pharaoh, to you know, trying to kind of, you know, be on his uh, or a good side. Are people? I mean, I'm not talking about activists and people who are quite, you know, uh, well informed. Talking about the broader. You know, grassroots and people in, and everyday citizens, are they capable of hearing criticism of Barack Obama? Not only for what he did as a president, but the way he's behaving today. Uh, for example, when he when he criticizes the defund the police, you know, idea that, you know, according to him, it would you know turn people off and it does not mobilize. Uh, the, the bitter war he waged, uh, you know, behind closed doors against uh, Biden to prevent him from getting the Democratic ticket. Uh, The fear is that uh, you may make this criticism, but people won't hear it. Have things changed on that matter?
1: I I think it has, but you know, um, for those people who is going to turn off, um, it's it's, it's definitely going to turn on some people who are not active. And so my goal is to make an argument about Barack Obama, Um, one, uh, first and foremost, and then to, to reactivate and consolidate those um, who have the same sentiments so that we can organize what we need together. Um, I feel like, um, you know, uh, criticizing Obama um, is, is definitely, um, you know, not popular. It's not going to give me no friends. It's probably going to make some enemies, but I'm not here to make enemies or friends. I'm here to make freedom. And so making freedom and changing the system um, is, of course, going to be unpopular. Um, You know, uh, if Barack Obama you know, I, I think the thing that we getting, the problem is is, is, is like we said on the left, is, is, is unfortunately um, the left, talks left, but acts center. Uh, they act like liberals and neoliberals, because uh, if your concern is not organizing the masses of people towards what they believe in their hearts is true and then bringing it into fruition, um, then you just become the same thing that you also ultimately are criticizing. Obama did the same thing. Instead of criticizing this base or this base, he wanted to stay in between for votes to stay in there. But change, progress never came, never
0: happened. So when Barack Obama makes these publications, you know, shows how disconnected he is, and goes after the different the police, you know, rationale that it's unfeasible. You know, stop bringing it to the table. Is he being listened to? By the people organizing today, or is this creating further antagonism between an elite that made it, right? That, we, that, that, that is now working on behalf of the status quo, or we are seeing people trying to, how can I say, you know, be on both sides of the fault line without the, the movement going further?
1: Um, yeah, we. He said those people fence riders uh, you know uh, they want to be on both sides of the fence yeah. you know um those people uh it's a small percentage of those people I think what luckily for me um I would have not had this criticism last year or years before um you know uh you know like you said I seen what they did to dr west I talked to dr West for two hours about that you know over, you know when he came to Ferguson we had long talks about him and Tavis smiling and michael Eric Dyson and what All those that? things played out. Uh, to me, it's deep. That was in 2015 in Ferguson. Uh, we went to, uh, we actually got arrested together.
0: That's why I'm asking.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was the same day we got arrested together. Um, we went to the federal building uh, to try to get in, to file a lawsuit. We got arrested. We're in the same cell. we just talking. Um, then we get out. We go for pizza. And we just have, we drive around some Lewis, we have deep political, I'm talking about just deep and like we, it's me and Dr. West, and we just rapping, just like, well, what about this and bouncing ideas? And so it was saying that it was really hurtful because the critiques don't go away, right? The things that Obama did doesn't go away. Killing Gaddafi doesn't go away. Um, being the deporter in chief doesn't go away. Dropping drones on, you know, you know, Syrians and people don't go away. Um... But they still criticize you as if those things are defensible. And so you have to have thick skin and understand where you're leading the people. And so, you know, it becomes the point where the question is not if Barack Obama knows what he's doing or not. I believe that he's never been connected to the grassroots. I believe that he was manufactured in Ivy League schools in Wall Street. He didn't grow up black. And when I when I say this, and I even say this in the article, uh, Barack Obama is not your uncle. He ain't the cool uncle that come to the barbecue. He ain't the cool uncle at the cookout. He the one that you only invite because he paying for the barbecue. No, you don't want them to be the DJ. You don't want them to cook and bring nothing. And if he brought some potato salad, we know some raisins might be in it. That's not the Barack Obama, that's not the speaking for black people, black liberation. And we have to be clear about that. Great symbol though, nice jump shot, beautiful wife, kids, beautiful, uh, Put a made a lot of black people believe that they can be successful. But we can't allow Barack Obama's imperialistic success be the Black American dream in the 21st century.
0: But uh, do you see an antagonism rising due to his latest declarations, or people are still, you know, fascinated by the Barack Obama
1: phenomenon? No, he definitely, he, he definitely lost some cool points, man. He definitely, he definitely losing some people, cause you know, like you know, like I said, you know. He had little to nothing to say, um, you know. Uh, uh, you know, it was a billion-dollar lawsuit brought to him um, when he was the president. They didn't pay a they didn't pay a billion dollars to black farmers who were intentionally uh, discriminated against through the FDA, through the federal government. Uh, he, he had one with with the media. Uh, where the black mark, oh, the marketing advertisers were intentionally not giving marketing dollars to black companies and keeping them out of the cable networks. He didn't do anything about that. Ferguson happened, Baltimore happened. Um, protesters were thugs, but not the police. He, he signed a Blue Lives Matter alert law uh, for police being under the threat of danger, but nothing for black people. Uh, he did nominate a black person um, to the Supreme Court. Um, uh, he had the majority in 2009 through 2011 so he could have passed and if not reparations he could have passed the bill to study reparations he had this the majority in the house and the senate and so what we have to understand is that barack obama now not only when he speaks now it clarifies his lack of actions when he was president and his lack of courage to speak up for the masses of people and so now he's got some more more dissenters, more people who don't like him, more, and so now this message is resonating more with people and say, yeah, why didn't he speak up? And now we have an opportunity um, to actually critique his actions and not his present words.
0: Well, and this is uh, you know uh, happening as the Joe Biden cabinet, you know, is you know being you know developed or you know built around people who actually, not a single one of them <laughs> comes from the you know uh, Bernie Sanders. Uh, a team movement, or even from the pool of sympathizers, uh, the latest example we saw was the nomination, the potential nomination of Ram Emanuel. We see how effective it was to stand against it, and I highly salute activists from Chicago and beyond, a city that I do love. Uh, you said earlier, you know, in a conversation that you know, the Biden cabinet, as we are seeing it being, you know, you know, shaped is, you know, about a diversity in representation, but not in ideas. What do you mean by that?
1: Um, I mean, they check in all the boxes. And so, um, you know, they got a black woman as the vice president, uh, you know, they put in the black guy, what was it, FBI, FBI, or CIA director?
0: Yeah, one of the, yeah, is a CIA director. Another one is, a retired general who was nominated for the position. I forgot it was. Yeah, Secretary of Defense, You know, of course.
1: Yes, I mean, yeah. I mean, so big shout out to, uh, uh, you know, Lloyd Austin.
0: Lloyd Austin, he also nominated the Secretary of Interior, who is a woman of, you know, a Native American woman,
1: Deb Haaland. American. So Yo, they even, and so they even checked the gay box. They got uh, Pete Buttigieg. Um, you know, they 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 they're saying they're gonna make him the department of transportation, um uh, secretary of Sec- uh, transportation. And so they check checking every identity box, um, but the politics seem like an old racist white man out of all of them. Um, they yeah, do. Not- hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're saying yeah, racist I, white men, I, but I,
0: they, they, yeah, they they still got you know a lot more people of you know color than you know you know previous administrations especially in high-ranking government positions. So your argument, these are white people, is not really, you know, what can I say, supported by what's happening today.
1: Oh, I know, I got you, I got you, yes. I got (laughs) got you. So look, so um, when all these things happened to us uh, hundreds of years ago, let's go 200 years ago. And so I know we're not saying that on the plantation there were no black people, Um, Keeping other black slaves in line were. There had to be black people um, helping catch slaves. There had to be, there had to be, there always is um, sellouts of the cause, no matter the identity, no matter the the race or the sexual orientation, the gender, there will always be sellouts. White women. And the United States fought for the right to vote. And and Susan B. Anthony uh, said clearly that she would rather die than give the Black woman the right to vote before her. She would not even share it with them. These are the people that we're saying are progressing the movement, progressing us. And so what does it matter if you have a Black uh, person to sell you into slavery or be the slave catcher? Uh, What does it matter if you have a Native American who doesn't... Um, ensure that the housing and um, the land stays in, in Native American uh, territories and stays sovereign? And what does it matter if you have a white gay man who also believes the same things um, as Donald Trump or or also went to Tea Party supporters to get support for him? And so when you see in the identity of a person, it doesn't define the politics. Actually, this again
0: relates to, what's, to what, to what happens oftentimes in france the uk with the home secretary for example and you know people of you know african or north african descent in the macron government they would get nominated to uh, represent to, to act as a symbol so she will have, for example uh, sarkozy named uh, uh, rashida dati as his uh, minister of justice but she did not act as the uh, uh, Arab woman people saw in her. You know, in her, you know, in her own mind, and she was part of, you know, a, a staunchly conservative, you know, admi- you know, government, and she acted along for an agenda that was severely, you know, not, not even right wing. It was almost, you know, far right. So, mm. where you see color, maybe the people nominated don't see themselves as part of. You know, a uh, 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 minority it reminds me of a trainer that I had, you know, some years ago. Awesome man from Dallas that I highly respect as a, as a man, and I have nothing to say about it. But he said something that kind of took me off guard. He said, "Listen, son," because you know much older than me. I'm not African American. I'm an American who happens to be black. Yeah, <laughs> I try to make sense to make sense of it. And it was like, okay, no, I'm, you know, i you know, if that's how you define yourself, I'm fine with it. But maybe this is where you know things, uh, how can I say, become problematic for your side and theirs. That yeah, you know, they are, you know, to you they are, you know, black, brown, Native Indian, Native American, excuse me, etc., or even Arab and Muslim. But when they are part of that government, to them they are not part of. They they, they don't belong to the same you know tree as
1: you. What do you say to that? I, I mean, so it is to me, it's really about you know what is the body work leading up to. Um, and what do you do now? I I, I feel like we continue to to forget the history lessons of the past and saying, uh, you know, uh Fanon spoke about this a long time ago, you know, black skin, white mass. Uh you can facilitate the system and oppressor without them being present, and so. What we have to understand is that those people, uh, what, what is the interest of, uh, of of Vice President Harris? What is the interest of uh, General Lloyd and, 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 and Deb and, and the rest of the people who are or representing Black or Brown and Red or Native and Buttigieg? You know, Do they represent the progressive cause of it? Are they trying to advance the rights of those people? Or, or are they just shiny tokens? I mean, we just had uh, before Trump, we had eight years of symbolism. We had eight years of hope and yes we can and uh C and, say and, and, and every slogan you could except for policy and legislation to help the masses of people. And so uh if if that's why you're here, because you know you want to you know you want to strut like the vice president, um, or you want to have kids look up and say. That's a person who looks like you. That's in a high-ranking office. Um, I'm going. To, I'm going to show you history where those people, are the same people that keep you oppressed longer, um, because you're looking at the shiny object um, and not the the destination.
0: How do, do you do? You think progressives, you know, will, you know, bring the ruckus and you know hamper you know Biden's efforts to continue on this neoliberal, you know, uh, spiral, or You think they will just, you know, fall back in line and uh, give priority to the integrity of the Democratic Party?
1: I mean, uh, again, you know, I love y'all while y'all listen to me. uh, You know, I guess send your hate mail wherever you go to send it. Uh, But the left globally um, have no practice, and so all the deep criticism that the left has, and from from France to Germany, to the UK, um, to throughout West Africa and so on and so forth. And even in the US is that it's just talk. You know, you can talk left of anybody, but what is the practice of it? And so the same people who probably, um, you know, don't be out in the street disrupting, um, they're going to be the people that's going to push a mandate on Biden and hold that accountable. You know, I never was a fan of people putting demands out and ask of people uh, without any ability or any power to harness to hold that accountable. You know, and so unless people are willing to uh, shut down the country behind COVID, shut down the country behind uh, a, a little weak $600 check after nine months, you know, you know, just imagine, uh, you know, for the people in France who don't know, we just passed a $600, we $600 billion stimulus package where uh, every uh, American basically uh, was had access to a one-time $600 check. If we do the math, I and mean, you take away the 1%, then that's 328 million Americans getting $600 million. I mean, $600. I think that comes out to $196 billion dollars. Um, and so where does the rest of the money go? Where does the other 400 billion go? It goes back to the pockets of the elite. It goes back to the 1%. It goes back to the petty bourgeois and the bourgeois class. And so we have to understand uh, that uh, they plan us, you know? And so what we need to see out of uh, the Bernie support, the white Bernie supporters, the black Bernie supporters, the so-called liberals, progressives, socialists, Marxists, Leninists, um, Trotskyites and all, and every other ology and ist on the left of the left, and along with the AOCs, is not only dissent, um, but distinction of where we stand with action. You know, uh, I would have liked to see AOC and them uh, put their efforts not towards primary people um, and some of their colleagues only, but also hedging their back to create another political party.
0: Well, Um, uh, one was launched last summer called the Movement for Our People's Party. And Cornell West, him again, was part of the uh, initial of the people who initially uh, called for on, on people to rally it. Uh, do you do you think it's a viable option?
1: I don't think it's gonna be. Um I mean, so Nina Turner was a part of that, right? And yeah. Nina Turner I'm not sure
0: about Nina Turner. i have to, have to double check.
1: Yeah. You know, she was I don't know if she's a part of but she was a part of the conference, right? um i watched yeah, the, the
0: initial conference brought a lot of yeah, yeah brought you know yeah Nina Turner Cornell West yeah uh, uh Jimmy Dore uh, Marian Williamson i think that's from the Jewish voice for peace Danny Glover Ryan Knight among others so yeah those people were part of the conference but i'm not sure if they are part of the how can i
1: say uh the leadership
0: of the of, of the party
1: and so the party to me it, i i i you know, again, you know, uh, I love, I love everybody. <laughs> uh, Nina Turner is running as a Democrat in the state of Ohio. Uh, right now. she just, Yeah, shout uh, out to her and she's looking for funding. So we, uh, we hope she uh, makes it. You know, fund that, uh, fund that sister and, and, and let her take down the centrist. Um, but again, we need a separate party. Um, we're not going to lie to you. We're not going to overtake uh, Chuck Schumer's and the Nancy Pelosi's um, without hedging our bet. And so uh, we can't see another wing of the Democrats, uh, just like you see another wing of the Republicans. You know, what's the difference between a, a Tea Party Republican and a Justice Democrat? Um, they both are part of two parties that they really don't agree with. And so we have to be able to separate those people. And I believe truly, if there was a third party, um, you will see a, a raise in the electorate, you will see voting go up across the nation, mean, um, you will see people very, very much engaged.
0: What's your take on the future as we wrap up this episode, given the current you know, you know, health situation, unemployment situation, a, tra- a chaotic transition, a uh, split grassroots, as you mentioned earlier, are you hopeful for the coming for the for 2021, or not?
1: Um, you know, uh, you know, as a leader, you know, hope is cool and, and optimism is great, uh, but I leaned on a plan and a vision. And so, what I want to say is that what we're going to see is a formation of a new uh, black movement in the U.S. Um, it's going to be leftist in politics. Uh, our goal is is, is pan-Africanism, though. Uh, we believe that socialism uh, is dope, and we believe that socialism is great for America, uh, but, but socialism is not the end-all or be-all. And so we have to understand is that we have to push, um, for, as Black people is something that fits the appetite and satisfies Black people, as well as push for something um, that destroys and dismantles the empires, not only in the US, but France um, and Australia and so on and so forth. And so you will see a creation of a black movement. Uh, You will see black political uh, parties and and formations form. Uh, You will see people uh, address Biden and hold Biden accountable. Um, And I'm predicting on the glorious May 1st um, in 2021, uh, and you're gonna see mass amounts of people Uh, not talking, not living in theory, not living in practice, uh, living in a praxis of what freedom looks like today.
0: Tori Russell, thanks again for sharing your analysis and your prospects for the future. Uh, I remind our listeners and viewers that you are the head of the International Black Freedom Alliance uh, based in St. Louis, that you have a historic background in terms of organizing in uh, Ferguson as formerly founder of Black Lives Matter and now co-founder of the Movement for Black Lives. Uh, Tori, I really wish you well. Stay safe, social distancing. Uh, I will talk to you soon, and you are definitely going to come back to give us some updates on your work out there. Thanks a lot, Tori.
1: Free Mamiya, free them all.
0: As uh, So, dear listeners and viewers, thanks again for watching and listening to us. If you think this podcast deserves your support, please make a donation on cjl.ong. That's Charlie Juliet Lima. Oscar November Gulf. You know, whatever amount you think is fair, please don't hesitate. It would allow us to have a sustainable model for the podcast and to continuously publish whatever can organize the grassroots and bring about change. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. This was Yasser Louati speaking to you from the sub, from the Paris South Side Barlieu.